Welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Jim here, and I've got a question that I was asked recently at an event, spur of the moment, just a little quick pop-up interview. Guy whipped out his cell phone and said, hey, can I interview you? I said, sure. He hit record, started asking me questions. And one of them was a really good question that I don't think I've ever been asked before. And he set it up in such a way that he was going to present it as a pretty difficult question, but instantly, and it popped in my head, I knew from my own experience, it was easy to answer what would have been probably 10 years or so ago, might've been a relatively difficult question to answer. But having seen, you know, having my own business for about 20 years now, coming up on 20 years, if you include the time, the overlap time where I was actually still working in the corporate world, it's 20 years now. And by far the most obvious answer popped in my head to his question. So I'll tell you the question. I'm going to allow you to think about it a little bit as well. And I've got another interesting question for you as well. So let's just call this the episode of two interesting questions. And I'll kind of try to tie the two of them together as well with a theme that you hear around here frequently. So let's put on our thinking caps and think through a couple tough questions here. I will start with the question he asked me. And then before I answer it myself, I want you to think about it. He said, what's the most difficult part of running a successful business? What's the most challenging aspect of it? And before I give you my answer, which may or may not influence your answer, I don't know, I'm going to ask you another question. So you can be deep in thought on question number one while I present you what's actually a slightly more entertaining, maybe even like, a, you know, sitting around a dinner table with a bunch of people who could care less about business. But this is an interesting conversation starter just to see where it goes. And I love this question because it's one of those where your instinct is probably most people, I would say 70% of the people who I ask this question to, their instinct goes one direction. And the more they think about it, they kind of go back the other way. So here's the question. If you were given the choice to be either blind or deaf for the rest of your life, assuming you're not currently either, if you were given the choice to be one of the two, which one would you select? And give that a couple moments thought. And I think you'll quickly come to a conclusion that I came to the first time that I heard this. It surprised me, actually. And then I quickly realized, yeah, that, you know, if, if, if I play ancient biblical wisdom, Hebrew truth to that question, the answer does become obvious fairly quickly. Think of it this way. If I'm blind, I can still communicate. I can hear people approaching me. I can interact with them. I can hold intelligent conversations with anybody willing to do so at any time. So relationally, communication challenges just aren't there. I can still communicate. Now, I can't see someone from across the room and yell, oh, hey, haven't seen you in a while. How you been? Right? I'm not going to be able to do that. But if someone initiates the conversation or if I hear them speaking close by, I can recognize their voice. I can manage as arguably just as many relationships as I could manage if I had full vision, if I'm blind. However, if I'm deaf, that's isolating, far more isolating than being blind. You become isolated unless you learn sign language and learn to spot others who might know sign language, or you can write very quickly on a little piece of paper, hey, I'm deaf, you know, can we hold a conversation even though you don't know sign language? How can we do this? And I know technology has improved our ability to do this greatly, but still, given the choice, overwhelmingly, you'd want to lose your sight 
as opposed to becoming deaf. Now, neither one of them are ideal, obviously. And my wife cringes at this question, poor Andrea, because you know she thinks in colors. The world of color is just fascinating to her. And it would I mean, it would be really hard for her for, to lose her sight because colors are just very meaningful to her. It sets the tone and the mood and it means a lot. But still, even for her, given time to think it through, and if she legitimately had to make that decision, I, you know, we would all come to the same conclusion. Man, okay, take my sight. Do not take my ability to hear because then I can't communicate. I become isolated. So what does that have to do with the other question? that we just asked, the most difficult challenge you'll face in business. And I think if you're honest with yourself and you think through this, now, of course, I'm assuming your business is is making a profit. Otherwise, you don't have a business. So if you're going to be in business, running a profitable enterprise, you're going to be faced eventually with a difficult situation that involves, yes, relationships. That's right. Relationships. And that was my instant answer to that question when I was asked, what's the most difficult part of running a successful business? It's been around for a while. You know, leadership challenges. What's the biggest one that you face? Instantly, I said, man, just being burned by somebody that I trusted. And he instantly said, oh, you mean like when, you know, like someone really thrives under your leadership and then they go off and they do their own business. I said, no, that, that is beautiful. I love when that happens. I, I you know it, it hurts and you hate to lose good people that you were working with every day, but the mission is bigger than the man, right? It, for me internally, I had to make that decision a long time ago. The mission is bigger than the man, meaning feeding my ego by being surrounded by really smart people who are helping do something. There's a lot of ways to achieve the things that we teach and do around here. There's other people who are great at it. God bless them. If someone wants to come into our system for a while, use that as a boost to go off and do something else that's great and do it their own way. That's cool. I would caution them. Man, some things that look easy aren't. I'll tell you a story that illustrates that in just a moment. I think you might like that story. Uh, We've used it with our team many, many times. But I'm not talking about being burned by somebody who comes into your system, who thrives and then who leaves so they can go off and do it their own way. Maybe even competing with you. That's awesome. I have no problem with that, especially in the world of internet marketing. There's no such thing as competition in this business. There's hundreds of millions of people that need the kind of information that we're teaching on this podcast and our courses. If there were another thousand people doing what we do, it wouldn't be a drop in the bucket towards taking the world culture, the the way the world thinks about business and internet marketing and doing it the right way, wouldn't even start to be a drop in the bucket of going in the right direction because there's so much misinformation out there for us to confront. So come on, let's educate, let's teach. If you're succeeding, you should be a teacher. So that's not the kind of disappointment I'm talking about. And to make sure we're staying on track here, the question was, what's been the biggest disappointments? As a successful business leader, what are the biggest things that disappoint you and upset you? Or what are the biggest challenges you face? My answer was being disappointed by people I thought I could trust. And he thought I was talking about people who leave our organization. No, I love those people. If they do it the right way, that God bless them. That's awesome. How can I help you? How can I support you? Let's get you established doing your thing. That's great. I'm glad we could be a platform. That's beautiful. No, I'm talking about when people betray your trust. That's a very different thing. 
They break the relationship by betraying your trust. They're deceptive. They steal. They lie about you. They hide things from you. They betray your trust. That breaks the relationship. Remember, from my vantage point, from a biblically sound vantage point, the entire reason we have business is to enhance relationships. So when business is used as a tool to destroy relationships, that's what hurts worse than anything in business. A bad quarter, you know, taking a loss here, a rough customer there, changing direction of the ship here, you know, losing a strategy that used to work and moving to a strategy that works better. Change is inevitable. And yeah, change is a little painful, but it's not the most painful thing you'll face as a business building warrior. The most painful thing you'll face is having someone that you you help, you hire, you love, you trust, you build something together, and then that person lies to you. And if you're sitting there on the edge of your seat thinking, I'm going to name names, no, I am not. <laughs> you can have a hard time getting me to say anything negative, especially publicly ever, about anyone. because. There's simply just not enough time in the day. There's not enough time in a life to spend time on negatives like that. And I got to tell you, over the course of 20 years, it'd be a pretty short list of people that I would put in that category. And I've long ago forgiven all of them, and I wish them nothing but the best. But those were the relationships that hurt the worst. Not the people who moved on because there was greener pastures. And I'm going to tell you a story about that in just a moment. But the people who deceived, who maybe hid what they were struggling with, tried to get away with something that they hoped could fix it, ended up lying, cheating, stealing, maneuvering people against you in a way, like, you know, the, the it, rumors, starting rumors, that kind of stuff. And, and again, there's only been a couple of people. We're so blessed. The culture we have in this community, you know, 20 years, that, that's happened less than the times I could count on one hand. Arguably just twice <laughs> has that happened. And everyone else that's moved on and done things, man, God bless them. We love them. And that's beautiful to see. So let me tell you a story. When, when we were contemplating, you know, because we run a very virtual organization. Let me set this up. We run a very virtual organization, meaning many of the great leaders in our community are people I've never met, never spoken with. We've done a lot of business together, but we've never corresponded. And I've told you in past episodes, if all I know about you is you are building a business and it's profitable and you've been doing that for a while. I know a lot about you. I don't need to know a whole lot else about you. And we've built our team that way. People who are capable of running profitable businesses are very special people to me. I trust them. Maybe too much, but it's worked so far. So if all I know is you like teaching other people and you're capable of building a profitable business, man, welcome to the leadership team of our community. If your business is internet-based, come on in because we can learn from you. You can learn from us. We're all going to resonate with each other in a very powerful way, regardless of where else you stand on a good number of issues. If you can serve customers profitably on the internet, doing something creative and, and you like teaching other people, we've surrounded ourselves with those people. So over time, we've had very little struggle with our leadership team. Some people come and go, sure, but man, what a culture we've built. But there's a story. When we were starting to try to determine where we should draw the lines, like if someone's going to be a leader on our team, where do we draw the line? Like, what decision might they make that would remove them from the team as far as competing with us? Like, let's say someone else, one of the leaders in our community said, I, you know what? I've got an idea for a course. I'm going to call it the Awesome Proven Amazon course and I'm going to launch it. And I want to advertise it 
in the Facebook group. We'd be like, well, you know what? You kind of you're using our name, you're advertising on our platform, you're you're promoting yourself in a community that we've built and worked hard to establish. We have paid moderators and we spend a lot of time, effort, and energy establishing. I don't know that we want you doing that. You know, so where do we draw those lines? Because we don't want to restrict our leaders from doing great things, but we also don't want them competing with us. So where do we draw those lines? And I was told a great story by my dad as I spoke to several, several wise men and consulted, like, where should I draw these lines for our leaders? And I won't go into the detail of where those lines are drawn. Our leaders know where they're drawn. They're, we're very upfront and clear about that as we bring new leaders onto our team. And our leadership team is about 120 people right now. These are our moderators, our coaches, our content partners, you know, the contributors to the Proven Amazon course, for example, those folks. So the story goes like this. There is a pastor who ran a fairly large, successful church who had a much younger youth pastor, the guy in charge of the kids and the, the teens. And the guy running the kids and teen program, again, he was younger, hadn't been there very long. He had what he thought were some really great ideas on how things could be done better. Like, hey, we've got a great church here. It's very successful. It's reaching the community. It's doing great things. But I have a few ideas that I think are very important. And we could, if we implemented these few ideas, man, things would be so much better. And they kind of didn't see eye to eye to the point where the younger pastor eventually said, you know what? I think I'm just going to go over here, you know, move across town a ways, start my own church and implement my great ideas based on what I know works with you, Mr. Senior Pastor. I'm going to do those things, but I'm also going to do the things that I know and that I think would make it better. I'm going to make my little tweaks to the system and go over there and start my own church. And so they kind of parted ways, you know, a bit of friction, but at the same time, you know, the eagle leaves the nest. Hey, God bless you. I hope it goes great. And so they parted ways. Well, it wasn't that much longer down the road, a few years or so, when the younger guy's church just kind of floundered, fell flat, never really took flight. And he came back hat in hand to the senior pastor and said, I've learned some rough lessons, but I kind of blame you for the beating I just took. And the, the senior pastor, the older gentleman said, blame me. Now, how is that possible that you'd blame me? I mean, you went off, you implemented the good ideas that I had with, with your tweaks to the, to the system and you were going to make it rock. How is it that you could now blame me for that? And the younger man said, and this is the point of the story, the younger man said, well, you made so much of it look so easy. <laughs> I blame you for that. And man, ain't that the truth? You know, if all I know about two guys is, let's say there's two dentists or there's two car mechanics or there's two painters or there's two, you know, dog groomers, I don't care what it and one of them's been doing it for 20 years and the other one's been doing it for six months. I don't care about the energy level, the reputation in the community, how exciting they are or aren't about what business they're in. You know, with, with all of the things being equal, the guy with more time in the industry, assuming he's protected his reputation, hasn't done anything unethical, that's the guy I want working on my stuff. That's the guy I want doing the job because life has a way of teaching you lessons over time. You know, that's the impetuousness of youth. We all know that kid in his early 20s that thinks he knows everything, including parenting. And <laughs> he doesn't have any kids yet. You know, that's life teaches you lessons. And we're surrounded constantly with people who uh, come in 
and and see what we're doing. And they try to go off and do it themselves and, and compete and tweak. And, and man, it's just not easy. They they think it is, but it's not. If you think, if you think, hey, and I encourage, get out there and teach. But if you think you're gonna launch a coaching company and a best-selling course and manage a large community and serve all these people well without anyone ever complaining, it's not simple what we do. But at the same time, we encourage, and I think you'd probably be amazed, the people that I have great relationships with on the surface, thinking, oh, those guys compete with each other. No, we talk all the time. <laughs> we talk all the time and, and we're encouraging each other, giving each other insider tips and info. And that may be because of the nature of our industry too. Uh, our industry is just rife with opportunity and it's hard for any one organization to keep up with all the great changes and new trends and new exciting directions. So those of us who are leading communities and trying to do it with integrity and stay on top of what's happening and changing in the world of internet business, man, we, we're tight. I can't think of a single leader out there, a leader of integrity. Now there's a handful of guys and, and typically they don't last long. It's hard to scam people for more than a year or two in this industry. It really is. You know, it, most of the scammers are less than two years old because if you're scamming people, man, word spread fast, will spread fast. You think a wildfire spreads fast in a dry Southern California, you know, valley, dude, there's nothing that spreads as fast as a scam and news of a scam. If people are willing to do a research and Google your name, man, anyone who's you've ticked off, they're right there. You can see it all over the place. Do your homework and you'll see. So on the other end of the bell curve, there's us. We've been doing this for 20 years and you hit Google and look for some dirt and you're going to find, you know, five, if you dig really, really, really deep for a few weeks, maybe eight people who have something negative to say about us. And you're going to see tens of thousands, literally positive comments. Like that means you've been doing it right for a long time. So, you know, anyone who's been doing it well for a year or two, and you don't see a whole lot of dirt means they're probably doing something right. And there's a lot of those folks out there and I love them all. And we work together. You'd be surprised that the people that we've worked with and we encourage and, you know, when something like a PayPal issue pops up, like, you know, hey, you, you hit your transaction limit for the month. We're like, hey, what do you guys do about this? You ever run into this? You know, what, how are you running your credit card charges? What do you do about this big issue? The shipping containers, where are you getting them? You know, these, you know, the big cut ideas, the big things that have to be dealt with when you're running a business of a certain size. And you got to have a community of people that you roll with who have things in common with you. So the people that you perceive as our competitors, really, they're just good partners and friends is all they are. And I would encourage you, that's one of the secrets to successful businesses. Make your competitors your partners. Find, always be looking for creative ways to partner with people that you would otherwise perceive as competitors. So I shake my head often when people have a chance to partner with us in an awesome creative way, but they're kind of like that young youth pastor and like, no, 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 you guys are good, but man, we're going to tweak it here and here, or we're going to go off and make it better. And you know, sometimes those things work the vast majority of the time a lack of experience and a lack of understanding of what it really takes to do these things well, they end up crashing and burning. And I could say the same thing about us. We made plenty of mistakes over the years. We don't have it all dialed in and figured out. There's organizations that have been around. Now, in the world of coaching, internet marketing strategy, there's no one that's been around as long as us, literally no one. So I'd love to find that company that's been doing it for 30 years so we can learn from them, but they're not out there. 20 years is about it. I mean, that, that's all you got. No one's been doing it this long as successfully as we have with the reputation we have. So we're kind of out there, you know, chopping down trees, cutting through the wilderness. You know, we're carving a new path here. 
on what it looks like. And we're approached constantly by companies saying, hey, we want to do coaching too. Teach us how you do what you do. Show us your methods. Show us your strategies. How is it that you guys have all these successful students? No complaints. You're able to afford to work with customers from eight, nine, 11 years ago, and you still work with them. How do you do that? And so we're contemplating putting together content that, that teaches that. But again, let's get back to the main point of today's episode. And that was those two questions that I asked you. What is the most difficult thing you'll ever face in business? In my opinion, we've answered that. It's being burned by people who you formerly trusted. And I'm talking about them lying, deceiving, you know, doing great harm. I'm not talking about them deciding that there's a better opportunity somewhere. You should bless them and send them off fully prepared and endorsed and you know, give them a pat on the back and say, go get them. I'm here for you. If you ever want to come back and work with us again, man, you've earned it. That's what we do 95% of the time around here. But occasionally get that person who lies, who deceives, who steals. Man, that's rough. That's the roughest thing you'll face. And then I really liked the question too. It kind of led into the whole relational aspect of all this. Hey, if you had the choice of being deaf or blind, which way would you go? Which one would you choose? And you may have heard me talk about that before, but hopefully you see how those two tie together. Ultimately, it's all about relationships, good communication, good relationships. That takes time. It takes energy. And as a leader, as a manager, as a business owner, those are things you're going to have to constantly be working on. All right. Well, I think I'm going to wrap this one up. Let me know what feedback you have. Not a whole lot of resources today to, that were mentioned, but I do like to point out that we are beginning to accept sponsors for this show. So if you want to be a sponsor for this show, let's just say today was sponsored by, once again, uh, let's go Silent Sales Machine, the book that started this whole podcast at five bucks. Go to silentsalesmachine.com. You can grab a copy there or jump on Amazon, read the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of five-star reviews. That book has sold close to a million copies now in its 10th edition. It's not my stories. It's the stories of this great community. The, the ideas that have floated to the top and proven themselves to be timeless that work. It tells you what to avoid. It tells you what works. It's a great book. If you haven't picked it up yet, it's not just a 300-page business card. I think it's, I don't know, 120 pages or so, but it's crammed full of great stories from this community that will motivate you, inspire you. And yeah, it'll tell you where to get more resources, sure. But the book stands on its own. If you haven't checked it out yet, please do so. And if you're interested in sponsoring this show with a 30-second or one-minute slot, I think those are the options. There'll be a link in the show notes today. You can jump over, check that out. Appreciate your time today. God bless you. We will do this again very, very soon. Can't wait to talk to you then. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.